This is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, and notifier button so you can be aware whenever a new episode is available. Also, leave a comment and a review. We would really appreciate that. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Hi, and thanks for tuning in. I wanted to remind you of our Road to 1,000 Subscribers giveaway that we have going on our YouTube channel. If you subscribe and have a public profile, you'll be entered to win a free RX Smart Gear original jump rope. You'll get to pick the pattern of the handles, the color and weight of the cable, and you'll be getting one of the best-selling, best-performing jump ropes out there. Every time we hit a new century mark with the number of subscribers to our channel, we'll randomly select a new winner. And our friend Dave Newman is going to throw in a little something extra for each winner. So a special thanks to our sponsor, RX Smart Gear, to Dave Newman for being such a great partner, and to you for being a loyal listener. Good luck, and I hope you are our next winner. We are so excited to now have Mobility Movement as a partner. Their holistic approach to recovery is second to none. This is not just a program that helps with your flexibility and mobility. It also assists with stress release and sleep, two key factors in overall recovery. The website gives you a plan for, for each week, saves your favorites, gives you sleep protocols, has a specific protocol for your first week joining, and then there are these new things called open snacks, which are super cool. Here you are given quick warm-ups and cool-down protocols for the open wads, featuring elite athletes Allison Scuds and Saxon Panchik. And who doesn't need recovery after those open workouts? The extensive library available to you is both vast and diverse. If you want to try Mobility Movement, go to mobilitymovement.com. That is mobilitymnt.com. And make sure you use our code CLYDESDALE20, all caps, to get 20% off your first six months. That's mobilitymovement.com, mobilitymnt.com. Use code CLYDESDALE20 to get 20% off your first six months. I've been using this since the first of the year, and I am sleeping better than I have in so many years. And with all the back issues I've had over the last five years, this has given me so much relief, and I'm able to work out four to five times a week without any pain at all. So go to mobilitymovement.com, that's mobilitymnt.com, and use Clydesdale 20 to get 20% off your first six month subscription. Pretty good, pretty good. Well, this is exciting. Thanks for uh, squeezing me in in your busy week. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we have done this before. Yeah. Um, I really don't have much of a script. So it's just going to kind of be off the cuff. But I want to talk about the offseason. Um, last time we talked was right after the games. Yes. And I, and I think Jeffrey was still beating himself up. Um, on about a couple events from the games. So I want to talk about the offseason because it's been pretty good for you. But I want to start with gym closures in Canada. <laughs> so after the games, you guys went to Florida instead of back to Canada. Yeah. What What was that like? And was it due to the gym closures just to be able to stay away? No, no not that uh, during that period the gym was opened. Um we stayed in Florida uh, right after the games. I got the invite for Rogue, uh, which was in Texas. And because my parents have a house in Florida, we decided to stay to not cross the border um, like, with no reason for it. So we just we just stayed in the U.S. I was actually 
not scared, but uh, we didn't know like what would be the border situation, like with, with the, with the restrictions uh, getting a little bit tighter in Canada, we were scared of going back in Canada. And then if they would close the border, then I wouldn't be able to compete at Rogue. So we just stayed uh, for uh, what, three months. Yeah. Cause we got the invite two weeks after the game. So it was still August. So it's, you have to put it in context of what was happening in August, 2021. So it was mostly, it was mostly the border. The gym was open. Everything was. So, so when did the gyms close in Canada? Cause I think we in the States don't, really under the rules are different in Canada and it seems like they're way more cautious about COVID. So when did that all transpire? So, uh, in Quebec, they closed December 20th. Yeah. I'm like most of the, because the provinces are the ones that decide, um, the sanitary measures. So what closes, what's open, all of that. Um, so in Quebec, it was December 20th that they decided to shut down the gyms and make a lot of changes. And I'm pretty sure most of the provinces were around those dates. So 20 to 22nd of December. And that was due to Corona, um, the Omicron, Omicron, Omicron the variant, um, just being very contagious and just basically, I think even in the States, like we had the rules, like if you got it, you couldn't go to work for 10 days. So all the employees in the health sector, all the essential services basically couldn't go to work. So now they're understaffed. The hospitals are being overrun and things like that. So that's one of the reasons why they were shutting down all the all the different pieces of the economy for that. So we can try and get through it. So the healthcare system could try and get through it. And that was closed until end of January, beginning of February in certain provinces. And for us in Quebec, we reopened on Monday on the 14th for gyms. So we were the last ones to reopen. So it was a little Valentine's gift for you. (laughs) So how did you handle taking care of your clientele during that shutdown period? Um, This one was the hardest because since it was December 20th, I mean, people already had plans for Christmas and then, you know, New Year's and all these things, which were affected because of all the sanitary measures. Um, But mentally, I think people already are planning on a down time for that period so we've since march 2020 we've offered online classes every time that we've been shut down or even while we were open like we still have online classes right now um so the transfer like our members are very much used to it they know we're going to be responsive on december 20th on the monday when they shut us down i think the announcement was at 2 p.m and by 5 p.m we had to be shut down and at 6 p.m we had an online class so i mean for our members they they're kind of used to it um, but you know, starting back up in January was definitely much slower than it would have been um, if the gym would have been reopened, just because of you know natural habits that people want to, uh, and and just being mentally ready to kind of come back to training. So this this was uh, a little bit harder, I think, on 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 people, and being the third shutdown, and like you know, after all, everybody's kind of tired. Uh, of dealing with COVID. So that was uh, the hardest, but the people that, you know, kept training online, everything went fine and we kept, you know, having fun and making progress and and all of that. Yeah. It had to be tough for gym owners because January is typically your big month, right? When everybody signs up and joins and you had to do it primarily online. Yeah, exactly. So we still had a few people that, that joined um, because I think again, like two years post, like people are tired of putting their life on pause and putting, you know, their fitness on pause and things like that. So we still managed to get some people who are just like, 
we want to train. A lot of people have equipment at home. Um, so it's just a different, a different type of service that we, that we offer. And, uh, but you know, some people took advantage of it. So that was, that was good. But I mean, as, as a coach, as an owner, like it was definitely heavy on the team. Cause it's like, again, like to go through this, um, and it's emotionally draining by, by now. Yeah. And it's, it's not the habitat you're used to, right? You're used to coaching in front of people and, yeah. and getting that interaction. And it's so tough on zoom or whatever you use to do that. So what is your transition plan now that the gym's back open? Are you going to, are you going to still offer online classes to kind of slowly get back? Um, so we have a full, like our full schedule as everybody's kind of ramping back up and just, you know, changing their, their work schedule and accommodating going back to the gym because it, you know, so it requires some planning, but our online services, people do appreciate. And, you know, it saves a lot of time. Um, like I said, people have equipment at home and they're getting the same benefits than they would coming to the gym. So it's definitely a service that we want to continue and that we are promoting. Um, some people are going hybrid. Some of our members in the last two years, you know, bought homes that are a little bit further away from the gym. So commuting all the time is not as convenient and things like that. So we're going to play it by ear. If people, you know, are interested in the service and we can keep it alive, then we're more than, than happy to do it. Like we, we still have the same level of fun. It's a little bit different online, but I think people definitely enjoy the experience no matter what they like the programming, they like the coaching. Um, so it's just a question of, of having that little mental shift of training at home. Yeah. I know my gym, we post an at-home workout every day now, mm. you know, yeah. and it's, it's not, it's not led by anybody, but it's on Wattify to go in and ch if you can't make the gym that day, you yeah. have that option to do the at-home version, um, which is kind of cool. So yeah, I think I, some I good, mean, good I, things came out of it. Yeah. I still train at home. Like I did the, the home version yesterday because I just going to coaching now I'm coaching. So like fitting again, the, the, the workouts back into my schedule, but it's, uh, people have always trained at home, right? Like we used to have VHS cassettes and like do training at home and all these things. So I think there's always going to be a portion of the population who's willing to do that. It's just a question of, of reaching them and, and, and telling them like, this is the service that we offer and that we can do. And a lot of people made significant in investments in like so yeah. putting equipment into their garage or basement or whatever. Yeah. And they probably don't want to waste that either. Yeah, exactly. And not everybody like, you know, street parking is a great example. They have a huge online community and everybody kind of trains on their own time. And that's great. But not everybody, you know, motivation is often a, a word that comes back. Like it's hard to be motivated the group class and knowing that you have to be on time and the coach is there and we're going to, you know, motivate you to be there. It really helps. So if you have the equipment and you, you know, it's harder for you to get motivated to train by yourself on your own schedule. This is, this is kind of like a halfway point, um, you know, best of both worlds type of thing. Yeah. My mental health needs the community and hanging out with my friends, yeah. you yeah. know, personally, that's what I need. And I'm excited that we get to do that again, but Let's move on to some more like happy times. Um, <laughs> so we we finish the games. Um, we get invited to Rogue and yeah. you guys go to Texas. So first of all, you get there. And what are your thoughts? You, you come up to a baseball stadium. Are, are Do you think it's weird? And then they start outfitting you like you're going to be in a spaghetti Western. It was the most fun check-in athlete check-in i've ever done it was the most fun it was the 
I mean, it's it's Rogue. Like Rogue was hosting, the, so everything was just awesome. Yes, it's a baseball uh, baseball stadium, but it had a huge hill in the middle of it that was built just for us. Like it was a very very special and unique competition to be part of. Uh, and I think everybody that competed there that weekend would say the same thing. Like, I'm probably never going to put the boots on, but I'm so, so happy to have them. Like, uh, that, that's, uh, it, it was, it, it was very Texas check-in. Like it, everything was, uh, a ton of fun. So then you actually like peaked my notes. Cause I was going to ask if you wore the boots after that or the hat or the belt buckle. I, I just to show once. them off. <laughs> so when I came back, because we, we went back to Florida before coming back to Canada and the gym that I did train there for the, the three months I was there, I put this, the full suit on, like the boots, uh, the, the little tie thing, the hat. I had the belt with the the, um, the third place on it. like, And I just went to the gym and everybody was just happy to at least see it on me. But after that, no, I didn't uh, put the boots on again. <laughs> Yeah, because you're e- you're either a hat guy or you're not a hat guy, right? Are you a I hat mean, guy? I'm from Canada. I'm, I'm not a like. It's this not gonna work. <laughs> Boots and hat like it doesn't fit here. It, it, I don't know. And Maybe in Alberta for some <laughs> for some people it fits. Like J- Justin put the boots and the hat on, and I was like, well, you're you just you have the look like it works, but I just don't have it. It just doesn't fit. Yeah. But it was cool. They they like fitted you with them and, and made sure like the hat looked good and steamed it and all that. Because yeah. I got to actually sit in there while you guys were checking in. And it was fun to watch um, everybody put on their boots and kind of kick around and do the boot yeah. scoot and boogie a little bit. Yeah. So, um, so that event, you actually did really well. You finished third. You, you started off slow, but then after event one, all top 10 finishes. Yes. Is that is that to go? Because last time we talked, you have your your really good events and then the ones you struggle with. And this was a more consistent performance. Yeah. So I I don't know. I that those three months of training were really like focused a hundred percent just on training and recovery. I did almost nothing else, and the goal was to perform as best as I could at Rogue. And I think that showed like those three months were optimal training and it really showed uh, on the competition floor. The first event, um, I don't think it's a weakness. It's just, I've like, mm-hmm. and most, some of the other competitors did, didn't do, did never done rope climbs with a 30 pound ruck bag, but it just threw me off. Like I was like, oh, that's like five and five. Like that's, I'm good. No, no, no. Like it wasn't good. Like I feared for my life at some point at the top of the rope. Um, But yeah, after that, just, I don't know, something clicked and I was in control of my performance. And that's the, um, like the only time I felt that confident in workouts, not, not in a cocky way, but like I could do the workout and not like be in the top range of my, my cardio and my, my, my threshold, but still in control like it wasn't like redlining and dying um and i was able to like kick up just a little bit quicker than the other guy just because i could and uh it was it was a good feeling throughout the competition so what's the coach's perspective pretty much what he said i mean i think we had 
a really good three months of preparation. Um, and not that I want to say that the events were good for him, but like you could tell that he was in control and that he felt prepared. And that's the thing. Like they weren't what, like who they weren't. Knew, no, who, like the, the, who knew I could be the chipper Pat and not... Justin on a ring muscle up workout. Yeah. Like I didn't know. No. And I did. I was like, Oh shit. Like <laughs> I'm in front of these guys. Okay. Let's, let's keep going. Like I can't yeah. slow down now. Um, so it was, it was just fun to, to be in that much control yeah. over my performance. Yeah. I could I'll tell from like the sidelines watching him like work out. And that was, that's like, we like keep learning from, from everything. And that's basically what we have to like take away from that and be able to put somewhere else is that's the level of, of preparation. And that's the level of control that he needs to be able to have in a workout. And that comes obviously from like, training and and preparation but i think that was the the difference and i've seen i mean event six and seven at the games like when it's in his wheelhouse jeff is a completely different athlete on the field but basically i was able to see that on multiple events that were very different um you know in in uh in style and that was very cool it's funny you say that because i actually i had a great vantage point i was in the third base dugout for most of the weekend because i was working with the documentary team and there was a difference in your body posture over this weekend to yeah. what, what I saw at the games yeah. and, and you call it, you know, confidence and not cockiness. And I, and that's what I got from it. You weren't like strutting, like I got this, but you were confident that you could handle whatever was thrown at you. Mm. Yep. And so how fun is it at a rogue event to know that you're going to get to play with toys that you don't see in other competitions that's and not just from rogue like from every and i've always said that for every competition they all have their their little special thing um and that's the things that you always want to do rogue is the toys and the hills that are just built from scratch uh dubai is the sand run uh waterpalooza is the swim workout like all these events these types of, that you can't have anywhere else uh, mm. the um the mayhem classic with the run like in the woods oh, yeah, yeah. with the rucksack like these are events and places you cannot you can't recreate that workout in the gym or anywhere else in the world and that's what's so special about these events and rogue was um the programming the, the and the, the the place like first event with the ups and overs over the wooden uh, log the hill that was built, like the types of workouts were just the 250 pound sandbag on the candle. Like that's stuff that you will never see anywhere else. And it's just fun to do them. Um, I mean, I don't know if they're going to bring us back to Texas or somewhere else, but, uh, and that's what, that's also like the check-in, like the Texas check-in is like mm -hmm. a, it's, it's a, it's a rogue flavor to where they are. And it's, I think those are the special things and the things that I enjoy the most about, competing elsewhere than the games yeah i um a couple things one the hill you keep mentioning the hill <laughs> i don't think it translated on tv to what it was in person my team took no. tried to take a team photo on that hill i sat down and slid <laughs> like that's how steep it was yeah. it was pretty steep yeah, yeah. You, you needed to take like one shot just from like the side so you can see the incline and kind of 
make that more obvious. Because if you're shooting from the front, you really can't. And it's, I think it's the same thing from the 2020 games. You were like, you know, at the ranch, like you don't understand how how steep the hills are because you're like, no, because you're shooting, you know, flat from the front. So because even when I came into the stadium from the from like home plate, it didn't look that bad. No. And then you get over there and it is like it's big. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like straight we were, up. We were 10, 10, like 10 lanes, 10 competitors running up and down that hill. And we had space in between us. Like it, it was pretty wide and it, it was it was really steep, but it wasn't super high. So it didn't make it like as hard as I thought it would be like the first time I went up and down like on a workout. Um, it definitely like it, it went down pretty quick and it went from <laughs> from slope to straight like instantly. So it was a little like the first time you went down like full gas, it was like, oh, almost like squish on the floor because you had so much momentum. So it's just like a little bit tricky for that. But it was it was definitely like one of the nice the nicest party tricks that that Rogue did. And it was fun that we were able to have it in two events. Mm. Um, yeah, we didn't just use it for one, which I find is like also cool. Plus, it was brilliant from a marketing standpoint because the logo is right there and everybody can see it. So the next question I have for you is um, the 250 pound sandbag onto the candle, the elimination events. Yeah. Those are so exciting for me as a spectator. What do you think of the elimination events as a competitor? So I'm going to talk to the event organizers. <laughs> do not do elimination style events before the last event. Please stop doing that. Like this is, I don't, I don't understand why you would make some competitors do more work than others in the middle of competition. That's not fair and it should not be done. But for the last event, like Rogue did, yes, go for it. I have like, it's, and it's so exciting to watch. And I mean, it's one event, it's a hundred points. It doesn't matter. You're going to finish 10th, 8th, 7th. Like it doesn't change anything. Mm. But if you put it in the middle of a competition, then it's unfair. Because um, I like, way more work. I did a lot more work. Like in Dubai, there's four guys that did a lot more work than the others right in the middle of the event. Um, I think there was an eliminate. Well, the elimination style at Waterpalooza was. Oh, it was cut because it, of the rain, yeah, it but was it was the, the second the rain, to last. Yeah. It was yeah. second to last. Like it's not so bad, but still, like it shouldn't. You shouldn't be doing more work than somebody else unless you're unless winning. it's it's at the end of the competition. But if it's the last event, like Rogue did, if the games decide to do an elimination for the last event. I have no issues with that whatsoever. Well, when the games do it too, usually it's for the speed ladders. And so, yes, you're doing more work, but it's five, it's yeah, four bars. It's five bars. Like you're not, it's, it's not, not calories over calories <sighs> or work over work. Like it's not the same. And I think that's the difference. Like, I'm not sure if it translates into like the sanctional semifinals, whatever, like all those big competitions, like it's one thing to do an elimination and know the workload you're that you're requiring from your athletes and just doing an elimination because it's cool. But then again, the people who are making it further are working that much more. So, yeah. yeah and when, and when the games do it, it's Jeffrey's favorite events. <laughs> uh, was it? Well, well when you do like the, li anything with the heavy barbell, right? Uh, depends. It depends on the because it was a heavy, but a it, heavy barbell. But it wasn't an elimination. At Rogue. At, at Rogue, it was a snatch. It was three snatches. Yeah. Um, Did they have an elimination this year? They didn't. It was that. Well, wasn't it the? 
well, it was the snatch ladder at the games. You got eliminated. Oh, yeah, the you snatch, do the yeah. weight. Yeah. Um, but then I that's, mean, you can't do it. Right. Yeah. Like but typically, not, typically it's that, it's that speed ladder, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then if they go from fine. 40 to 20 to 10 mm-hmm. to five or whatever. But yeah, for workouts, workouts, uh, I, I don't, I don't think it has its place in the middle of the competition. No. I think, I think everybody kind of noticed you from, from rogue, like all the top five or the yeah. top, whatever got to skip. But for eliminate, like for sprint style workouts, like they all get better. The more you practice, the more warmed up you are and stuff. So if, again, those are the small things that, you know, we all learn, put like 2020 hindsight vision, it's easy to criticize after, but that's something, if you're going to do sprints, if you're going to do eliminations, like everybody needs to be able to practice or have that run before, um, because we all noticed like the, the heats kept getting faster and faster because they were getting, you know, better and better at running through the course. So there's small things like that. I think just, you know, need to be weeded out and, and tweaked as we, you know, the sport. It's funny. I, I never even thought of that concept till you guys brought it up, but it's a brilliant point. Um, and the other thing is you said 2020 hindsight, that has a whole different meaning now. It can either mean 2020 vision or the COVID <laughs> devastation of hindsight. But I want to finish up with the crowd, the crowd at Rogue. They brought in the strongmen and made it a dual competition. Yeah. So you, so it actually gave you some decent rest between events mm-hmm. and I think helped showcase both strongman and and the CrossFit in a way where everybody was rested for each event and they gave mm-hmm. they were able to give their all. And the mixed crowd was insane. There's not there's the, the positive from Rogue, the Rogue competition. I, there's nothing negative from this competition. Yeah. Like everything was perfectly run. It was the perfect amount of of events spaced perfectly with enough space for everybody. Crowd was like, it was, I think for, and I haven't done all the competitions, but from the experience that I have, it, it is the best I've done um, experience wise. And I mean, it helps that I podium and perform super well. <laughs> Maybe I'm skewed by that, but I don't think anybody that did that competition, strongmans included, were unhappy of how it was run. And yeah. actually to be with the strongman was awesome. We never see these guys. They never see us. And now we were able to like mingle with these guys. Huge guys. Like yes. also very impressive to see like in real life beside you. Like it was it, there's there's just nothing to say about yeah. that competition. Everything was perfectly run. And I think everybody, athletes and event organizers, can take a lot from that competition and apply it in their own and hopefully like just get the sport just that much better. One thing I, I will mention for for Rogue, I think that from an athlete standpoint, it looked like they were trying to highlight their fitness and really give them the best opportunity to do as well as they can which is not the goal of the game. The game is to find the fittest and it's to test your fitness and you're, you know, they're throwing everything at the athletes that they can to kind of test them at rogue. It was nice because it's like, you know, it is supposed to be the off season. Everybody wants to do their best, but they're really taking care of the athletes and doing the programming and doing all the little things to make sure that the athletes could perform to the best of their ability and not be overly stressed for certain things um, and really highlight what they could do. And I think that was that was great of Rogue to to do that. That's what it felt like they were they were doing, whether it was a strong man 
or the CrossFit athletes. It was, let's, you know, let's see, let's show the world what you guys can do. Yeah, it was a showcase like none other. And they treat the athletes so well. It, they treat them like a professional athlete. Yeah. You get a stipend for travel. Yeah. So you're not out of pocket to go. Yeah. And then the payday is a decent payday, right? Um, and they and they tie it to to ticket sales. So it's actually a self-funded thing that you, the mm -hmm. athletes, actually get to um, reap the rewards for yeah. having people come see you. Yeah. And I think, and I've said this to other athletes, like in CrossFit, I think the one problem is the athletes and coaches don't get much say. And it, and it seemed to like flip at Rogue, right? In that mm -hmm. environment, you you are the showcase and you are the ones treated um, the best. Yeah, I think, I mean, the sport is still young. So I'm sure if we ask like hockey players in the 50s or uh, football players in the 70s, like it's a shame that we that athletes have to go through that process. But I think it's kind of a natural thing that will occur is that athletes will get more say or you do a lockout or you do a walkout like you know the baseball had one in the 90s like these are things that are going to happen as you know the sport gets more professional the athletes get more professional now if we can speed that up a little bit because we can learn from other sports and be like hmm, let's not be 50 years behind and do all these things and mistakes um that other sports did that would be great um but i think it's just kind of like a natural evolution in any sport that you know it's it takes time for all these things to kind of um, have a bait, like a solid base and, and evolve together. And this isn't in my notes at all, but from what you said, coaches, I think are at the biggest disadvantage, right? You're back in the back, helping Jeffrey warm up, get, get ready, do the strategy thing. He goes to the corral, you go out and the stadium is so packed. You can't even see him on the floor. If you look at 2020, where we got to see you guys root on your athletes mm -hmm. and the drama that brought to the broadcast, CrossFit is missing out big time, right? Yes, it's a weird... This is very weird. So uh, 2020 was very unique. Like the coaches couldn't come to, to, to the ranch and we had many events at the ranch that we were pretty bummed that I couldn't have, like, I was just going alone at the ranch and it was just, it was because of restrictions and whatever, like Dave didn't want that many people like on the ranch and that's fine. But this year at the games, like there's two warm up areas and the coaches are allowed only in one and not in the other, the closest one to the floor. So you have, like, you get separated, like it's, it's, it's so much better when I can have my coach tell me what to do. Say like, it's, it goes down to like, take a sip of water now. Cause I can't do it when I'm thinking about what I'm going to do and I'm stressed and I have the jitters. Like if, if the coaches are able to come to every warm up area, everybody's going to benefit from it and then get the coaches like on the sidelines. They don't have to be on the floor with us. Like they can be like where the media, like around the, the field mm -hmm. where the media are, give them a spot. It's only 10 at a time, 20 at a time. You get them in, get them out. Like, and they can watch their own athletes. Like for sure, everyone, everyone can benefit from that. Not only CrossFit, but also the fans. Cause if, if the athletes perform better and it's just a better show and the snowball effect just starts from there. Yeah. And the coaches are, are the most invested people in the outcome of the, of the race. So you want to see their reactions. It's just, I think from a, a television standpoint, 
um, it's, it's needed. And you make a great point. Like when I was at West coast classic last year, I forgot to eat because I was producing videos and getting interviews and doing all this stuff because you're so focused on your job that I forgot to drink and eat and almost passed out. And you as an athlete, you're under a much bigger stress level than I am. And I, I'm sure the same thing happens. It, it would be, again, I think the sport is evolving and to have clear rules, like what's your purpose in not allowing me to be at a certain, in a certain spot? Like, I'll give you an example. Like even at Rogue during the athlete briefings, the coaches weren't allowed. Okay, that's fine. For event two, which was the Bella complex, I, everybody's like, why did you do the third lift, Jeff? Well, A, he was the last athlete and he wanted to do the lift and he did it for the crowd and it was great. And he wanted to get that weight, but he already knew that he had won the tie break because he opened with a higher weight than the other athletes, even if at 355, if he would have matched, I can't remember all the other athletes, but he had that information during the athlete briefing, which he didn't share because we were warming up and blah, 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 all of that. But I didn't know that. So I'm also making decisions and trying like, are we going up? Is he matching? Like, what are you doing? Why are you not like, again, you have the warm up. He has all his other stuff to worry about post event one. Like how's his body feeling all these things. So if you don't want me to ask questions during the athlete briefing, that's fine, but at least let me be there so I can have the same information my athlete has so we can be on the same page and communicate and have all this information from the games perspective. I don't know if it's just like a psychological stress, like, ah, oh, the athletes need to be able to like do this independently or whatever. And it's like, okay, if that's what you want is to be able to test them, Dubai for the, for the weightlifting, they purposefully stress the athletes out with their 50% rule. Like that was, that was the intent. And if you see, like, it breaks my heart. If you see Jeff lift during that event, he does, you had two or three lifts to do two. two. He does his second lift. It's not, it's nothing impressive for him. It's not, it's not even something he's proud of. And he walks away from the bar because he just needed to get the work done. And I'm like, oh, it's a clean, like we love that's, that's when you can see Jeff shine and you don't even get to see that because just of the stress. Now, if that's what you're trying to do, do it. And that's for him to live with and get used to and get better as an athlete psychologically. But exact, what is the purpose of giving access to coaches? What are you trying to do? And tell us, tell me, and I will accept it and I will follow all the rules, but it's just like kind of unclear right now of, of why is there's not enough space. Well, if there's not enough space, is there a way to organize and corral and do like 20 athletes, 10 athletes, 15 athletes, like let's all figure out the issues and find the solution. If it's just, again, if there's a specific purpose, then tell me that, you know, we're all playing with the same rules and we'll respect the rules, but it's just right now, it seems like. Mm, this is the way it's always been and we're going to keep doing it this way. And it's like, well, is it again, is it the best? Cause are you actually giving the, all the tools to your athletes and all the tools to the sport to advance the sport and what right. other sports are coaches not allowed to be to the best of everybody's ability close to their athletes. The Olympics are on right now. Like where are the coaches that, you know, like ice skating, speed skating, bobsleighing, like where are the coaches? They're right there. They're probably right, right there. there. So why are you not allowing that? And if, again, if there's a purpose and you explain that to the community, to the athletes, to the coaches, okay, we'll all understand. We'll play by the rules. But right now it's like, I don't know. I just feel like there's information missing. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I, I rolled my eyes when you said, just because we've always done it that way. Yeah. That's my least favorite line ever. Um, 
I feel like there's going to be some change this year. <laughs> Hopefully. It, there's been these the change the the biggest change I think and some of some of these details Issues. will be probably ad- at least addressed and see like some things are going to be different I hope for the next uh, the next games. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I was I was at all the North American Live semifinals last year. Every one of them had a place for the coaches. So in semifinals they did all that. Why why can't that be done at the games? A little a little coach's area where you get to come and can see the floor. Hmm. It's not that big of a deal. Well, I but, mean, like, like you mentioned for rogue, like every, all the athletes had enough time between events to, you know, like cool down and, and ramp back up and, and get ready for the events at the games. The turnaround sometimes is so quick and you have four heats. So heat one gets less downtime or less time to prepare and warm up. How is that fair for those athletes? versus the athletes in the fourth heat that have, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes more to warm up and get ready before their corral. So it's like, well, what are you really testing at that point? So is 40 athletes too many? Do we need to change the schedule? Like, let's make sure that we can test the athletes, but test them at the height of what they can actually do. Now we have a fair competition. So let's move on to Dubai. Oh yeah. Dubai. (laughs) Uh, you finished one spot off the podium. Yes, I know. And you were doing really, really well in that competition. Yes, I know. <laughs> and then and then there was a point where you got to pick athletes choice A and B. Oh, that oh my god, yes. And that's where it looked like the, the tires came off a little bit. Is that you don't like the freedom to pick your workout? So I didn't pick the <laughs> stupid workout. Somebody else picked the stupid workout. Um Dubai, Dubai is, it's, it's a fun competition. It's well run. Um, it's always very special. I, I, I find like that was, it it was okay. Like picking the workouts, it was fine. The issue with that was that the workouts were all the same in the sense that very sprinty Sunday, no workouts were over four minutes on Sunday. And that's not very varied like that's the only issue i have with dubai before sunday so with the friday and the sunday everything was well balanced until we hit sunday then it was like four minutes sprint rest four minutes sprint four minutes sprint rest four minutes sprint like it was just all super short um and even like we had the like we I don't feel like I had much of a say in picking the workouts because they chose, like they picked two of the athletes, one male, one female, and those two had the last word on the workouts. Um, So, and in the eight, like they had a choice of eight workouts. We couldn't pick twice the same. So we couldn't do like, let's say the bike and toast to bar twice. Like we had to choose one and then choose the other. Um, but all, all the workouts, those eight workouts, everything was very short as well. Like it was meant to be mm. a sprint on a sprint. Um, so it would have, I don't think it would have changed much for me. Maybe like if you get the bike out of the way and you give me something else, yeah, devil press uh, and devil's, something else, it was devil's press and chest bar. Like I'd, I'd be a little bit better at that, but, uh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not known to be a very good sprinter on the machines. And and, and, and and all the machines came up like everything like the road we rode twice like it was just 
all the machines came up and I think I just, because <laughs> I actually lost the podium on one event. Which was two, it was 200 points. Yeah, but. Yes. I still, I messed it up pretty bad. Uh, I underestimated that how hard the, uh, the other guys would go. So I kind of like tried to game plan it ish. It really didn't work. So, <laughs> yep. so in, in that event, um, I, I got to say, you mentioned the, the weightlifting thing where they tried to stress the athletes. Yeah. I hated that event. The way it came across was so boring because one, I'm a big guy. I like the big weights going up. That's what I'm good at. And it, and it kept the weights low because people had to be cautious yeah. to get at least one lift in. And yeah. then you couldn't make the big jump. So by taking away the third lift, I think it made it less exciting. So I actually, um, I, I, I would have, I was supposed to finish in tie with the two top guys. That was the plan. Cause that's the issue with the, that workout. We, we talked amongst athletes and we're like, what, what are you going to do? I'm going to do this. Perfect. I'm going to do this as well. Like, cause you, we could, we could actually choose what we wanted to do. Cause we knew we weren't going for 170 or 175 because it, it they, we don't have the third lift. We can't do it. Yeah. When they announced that workout, we didn't even have warm-up bars in the back. And they said, you're going to go on the floor and choose a weight. And we we're like, you want us to lift 360, 70 pounds, clean and jerk cold with two lifts. Like that's not going to work. So we, we explained like, all, and most of the athletes were like, this is, like we can't do that like that's not safe first and then we're gonna miss all the lifts and you're gonna have to everybody's gonna be disqualified everybody's (laughs) gonna be disqualified so they finally told us like we're gonna put bars in the back so you're gonna be able to warm up so we're like okay and then we tried to get that third lift because we we explained it like two lifts you're not gonna see what we can do we're gonna choose what we're gonna do and it's gonna be 10 kilos less and they're like yeah that's how it's gonna go okay perfect like we're gonna do that um, and then I made a big mistake cause it's kilos and I, I, in the warm up area, like in the, not on the floor, but before the event, I did a jump from like 225 to like 335. Like I put 110, 115 pounds in one jump. Um, and it just messed my whole clean and jerk vibe. So I had to go five kilos less on both my lifts on the floor. Cause I was scared of missing the lift. Um, yeah, that was a, the, the most stressful lift clean and jerk. And I can clean and jerk yeah. pretty much whatever I want, whenever I want with very, like a lot of ease. And those were like very hard, complicated, stressful, and very not enjoyable. Yeah, it and it didn't translate well to TV at all. It was not a fun event to watch. Um, I think the fun event was the ski slope, the runs, yeah. and they didn't even televise those. Um, and so I guess from an audience standpoint, that made it not as fun to watch as like Rogue or Wadapalooza or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. Everything on the floor was super fast. It was hard to tell who was in the lead. It didn't. It didn't tell the story. Mm-hmm. like other events do i think it was it was it was cool to bring back dubai this year it got like dubai got shut down i think right after like basically we left on like what the 22nd and yeah. like the same thing we were in dubai when the gyms closed like dubai closed also because of of 
COVID and, and Omicron. Um, but like logistically just sending equipment, getting judges, getting volunteers, like all these things are like super hard to do. Um, you know, it's not the States, it's Dubai. People are traveling from more than one countries to, to get there and help out and do all of that. So I honestly think that they did the best that they could with the event with all of those things combined. Um, but yeah, it, it meant that, you know, for this ski hill, it wasn't televised or they have all the people in place to, to, to do the best that they're, you know, the stand, like the Dubai standard, right. The rogue standard. Um, I think, I think it was just, it, it was the best that they could do for that year. Was it easier to run down the rogue hill or the snow covered hill? I think the rogue hill helped me go faster on the <laughs> snow hill. Um, that those events. So I'm sad that we didn't go in the desert because Dubai is like desert, ocean, swim, like all this stuff. But the the ski run was just I I love that of those two events and that I, I I've never been to the inside the ski resort before, so it was pretty cool. Um, but I, I think going down going down the snow slope was was easier than um, than the rogue the rogue one. But the workouts were very different. Yeah. Uh, the, like it's also like the snow was kind of soft, um, so you could like pull out the brakes and go just let gravity do its work. So yeah, I did see a couple of people crash into the uh, ski ergs at the bottom. Yeah, the the the. Um, the surface on the skier when because our shoes we we had the like off-road uh they call the, the grippy shoes and the snow plus like the the grippy shoes on the platform was very slippery yeah so roman krenikoff won that event yes he it was announced this week that he got his visa to come to the united states yes yes people be scared <laughs> what? I was going to ask you, what impact does that have on the game season? Uh, who knows? Because anything can happen. It doesn't mean that Roman can come to the U.S., that he'll be in shape, that he'll be ready or that he won't get sick or like, yeah, it's it's there's like there's no control over that. We don't know the events. It's not going to be all machines this time around. So he's not going to be able to sprint his way to the finish. Um but he's definitely a very, very fit dude, very big dude. Um, and I'm happy that he's going to be there and that we're going to be able to, because I mean, yes, I would like to win the games, be on the podium at the games, but I also want to beat the best. And Roman is one of the best. So good, good for him that he can come to the U S and I think good for us. Like, Yes. If, if we want to be better, then we have to beat Roman. And that's that's the way to do it. There's no other way. I think from an analyst point of view, I think that at the very least, he is going to muck up the leaderboard because yeah. he's yeah. going to win some events. Yeah. Like he just is oh, too good at the machines and stuff to not win an event here and there. Yeah. Um, and he's going to take points. And so it's going to be interesting to see what that effect is. Whether he podiums or not, he's going to affect the overall result. Yeah, 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 for sure. He's a, he's a he's a very good athlete, and it's going to be cool and worthwhile for everybody to see him. Like, if you haven't been following, like, you know, how much are people following the Europeans or you know the Australians or whatever? Um, so I think to finally have him side by side and compete at the games, if he makes it, everybody needs to make it, right? The season's yeah. just starting. But, we don't, we um, don't know who's going to qualify yet. Yeah. So it yeah. could be, 
anyone uh, or we could miss out on some people that we're like we can be surprised and yeah. miss out some big names just because of people whatever. get sick people get like stuff happens so yeah, yeah it's, it's a, i'm i'm happy for him just like on a personal level that like after all this time and all the different attempts that he finally got the visa and he at least has the opportunity now to compete if he if he makes it like that's very cool. actually the games is not what worries me it's all the other competitions like the rogues the water bluesas and he's gonna like oh, he yeah. got his visa he is doing <laughs> five years guys every, he's <laughs> yeah. gonna be doing all the competitions in the u.s well i guess so yeah and he there at, in those competitions he is going to do a lot of damage yeah that's for sure and he's one month away from being a father and he needs that prize money right got to feed the baby yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um I want to talk about Wadapalooza a little bit. Yeah. Um, a little bit of role reversal. <laughs> yes. The the coach yeah. becomes the athlete. The athlete becomes the coach. Yeah, that was, yeah, uh, that that was, was funny. Fun. It was a fun weekend. Uh, I, I wasn't there to compete. Um, I wasn't ready, not even for a second, mentally and physically. Like, I just couldn't do it. Um, but I was, uh, I was happy to be there, like, Behind the scenes, Caro joined a team uh, on the day of, uh, and we. She also had one of uh, one of uh, her other athletes, uh, Benoit, that was competing in the elite. So I was there also to help out and give some insights there. So uh, I was. I also had a lot of fun to watch uh, Alex Caron and um, Sam Cournoyer. Yeah. They had an awesome weekend. These guys they performed really well. So I was just happy for for these guys as well. Like it was a, it was fun to. It was more fun for me to watch than to compete there for that weekend. That's for sure. So what did it feel like to have an all Canadian podium on the men's side? So the first thing I thought is I, I was actually a little bit pissed because I was like, I well, I wanted to be in that podium. <laughs> like, I'm super happy for you guys, but it pisses me off. Like I wanted to be on, I would like to be on the on all Canadian uh, uh, podium, but no, it was like, finally, that's what we're, that's what Canadians are able to do. Mm-hmm when everybody's in shape and ready to perform and if we're able to be at that level at the games it would be possible to have a very white and red top five okay you heard it here first <laughs> so then i want to ask when you when caroline is is actually competing and you're off to the side do you coach her like she coaches you or is it like payback time? No. Uh, actually, I didn't do much. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the priority and like I joined the team because of COVID. Some people couldn't uh, travel. So I'm the team of three. There's only one person that was in Miami, like just looking for <laughs> being able to compete. Right. Like they paid the money. They're all there. So me and another girl just kind of joined. But I had already told them like my priority and the reason why I was going was to help sponsors and like do all of that for Jeff, but to be and coach Ben. So I was like, as long as none of that interferes and like there is a little bit of like turnaround times and this and that and making sure he was prepped and and all the other uh, stuff that we had to do. So I, like my warmups were, I'm going to do three cleans. Like I, I was hopping into workouts and doing everything for fun. So he was just like tagging along and give us a couple of, of tips. Cause like the short bars, are very different the c70s they're very 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 i was like ah at my weight it won't make a difference girls it makes a difference <laughs> so like things like that 
uh what else there is that you know, speaking of that expensive. speaking of that i don't know if you saw but rich froning bought a bunch of short bars for that. mayhem because he was like we are not going to be unprepared again yeah 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 there's doing everything with short bars yeah i've, I've seen that so yeah so that that was cool because like and even like seeing him talk to ben like obviously as a coach i have my own perspective and i'm you know preparing athletes but he's the one on the competition floor. He's the one like feeling the bars and knowing we're doing, you know, just the pace of the workouts and, and, and things that go on in, in his head that he's now able to share with Ben that, you know, from my roaring, roaring career that I had like 15 years ago, it's all gone. Right. So it's, that was, that was very cool to, to have him coach a little bit and, and share his knowledge and, and insight with Ben and with me and, for me to just kind of be in that situation too, to bring it back of like, Oh, three, two, one, go. And now I need to like do these things. And it was fun. So fill me in because I didn't know you were coaching another athlete. Yeah. So I've been working him with him since. And Ben's last, last name is. Boulanger, Benoit Boulanger. Okay. So that's going to be fun for all of them. Yeah. Benoit yeah. Boulanger. It's going to be <laughs> great. Uh, I've been working with him since after the open last year. So almost a year now that we've been working together. Um, and one of his big uh, goals were was to make it to Waterpalooza. He qualified through the online qualifier. So he managed to do that. Now focusing on this season. Um, he did qualify for the Mayhem Desert Heat, but that was canceled um, again due to COVID and stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to see what he can do this season. Awesome. Well, what was fun for me is um, I was in Vendor Village and Jeffrey was being attacked by fans and you were standing there. I got to say hi to you. Yeah. And, uh, and then I was going up and around and then I saw you on the floor and I was like, wait, I didn't know she was competing. I thought they were just here doing like the, the vendor junket and, and being with your sponsors and all of that kind of stuff. And then I saw you on the floor and I, I was like, Whoa, that is awesome. Yeah. I was, I was, I mean, it sucked for the other girls that weren't able to make it, but it was, I was very happy that I got to share that with the girls and, you know, help her compete and, and live the Waterpalooza experience. And it was, it was, it was fun to do. And like, again, being in Canada and the shutdowns and this and that, and just like, it was cool to kind of just like throw down. Like if for, for me personally, it, it was, uh, I was very happy that I got to experience that and, and, and do it. And we had fun. We didn't have any pressure. Like, <laughs> like I said, we just, we all jumped in. So I was like, what are we doing for this workout? Like no game plan, like just kind of rolling with the punches and getting to know everybody's strengths and weaknesses. So we just very much did it for fun. And, uh, and it was great. And I, I guess there's like, there's a live stream. Like we were like, Oh, we saw you work out. I was like, who, how are you seeing me work? I guess there's a camera somewhere and everybody was like, yeah, it's so much fun. So I'm happy if people got to, got to enjoy that, but it was, it was great personally to just kind of be back in that zone and just have fun with other people. Have you, have you done many competitions on that level before? I did. Uh, I mean, when we started dating, we did competitions like 2015, 2016, 2017 is probably like one of the last ones top box we did as a team, <laughs> like local competitions and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as he was getting like better and more serious and like the gym was picking up, like it was just, um, no, I was supposed to do the French throwdown. I think in 2020 I had registered for it, but then COVID happened and stuff like that. So it's something I enjoy. Like I've done sports. I enjoy the competition, like, you know, the game, like we all train to play the game. Um, so eventually it's definitely something that I would like to 
get back into is just for fun. I prefer team, prefer to go on a team, but uh, I'll do maybe individual. We'll see. We'll see how everything plays out. Well, I, I had never been to Wadapalooza until this year. It was fantastic. It was the most fun competition to be at as a spectator. <laughs> One, I got to leave the snow and got to go to Miami for a week. Um, my plane got canceled on the way home, so I had to stay extra time. Yeah, Shucks. Yeah. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> um, which was awesome. Um, and I just really had a good time, and I'm glad I got to bump into you and say hi. I want to finish up with just kind of an overarching question, right? There have been a lot of there have been a lot of changes at CrossFit. Dave being let go, Eric mm-hmm. Rosa moving to chairman of the board. Does any of that impact you at all, or do you just keep doing what you do, and uh, and then prepare for what what's to come? Uh, it doesn't bother me at all. Like I train to go to the games. Just give me the rules, and I'll the workouts. <laughs> give me the workouts. I'll do the workouts, and my goal is to compete at the games. What what whether it's Dave or eric or whoever uh as long as the the game is fair and well done Mm. i'll be there i'll do it um i just i just think that like is it is it a positive thing that dave isn't there anymore is it a negative thing i think it's a little bit of both um some things are going to change for the best and some things are going to change like dave's programming and like uh, story throughout the year was always like on point. And I think we're all going to miss that. Um, but some other things, for example, the cuts, no one, no one will miss that. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I just, I'm just, I, I just want to start this season. I'm curious to see, like, we're going to see the workouts come out next week. We're going to start have like a feel of what's going on. I think we're going to have a good idea of what, what the programming is going to look like when the quarters are mm. going to start popping out. So this is like, let's get the seasons going, like, and let's get to the games and we'll see, we'll see when we, when we get there, but the changes don't matter to me. Cause I don't, I think it's, it shouldn't be a priority for, for competitors. Like as long as the sport is there and works, we're, we're going to compete. Yeah, I'm just hopeful that some of the changes we talked about in this interview may now be enacted as new people and fresh eyes, people who are more have a different sense of creativity. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Dave wasn't creative, but but other people can have different ideas that like you said, Rogue. Like you go to Rogue and it has a different feel, a different and it's not bad. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Um and I'm hoping that like coaches get a spot now and things like that. And there, there's more stuff listened to from the athletes and coaches, but I agree with you. You know, I think head down, move forward and uh, hit your goals. Right. Yeah. yeah there I mean, go. the goal is to be the fittest for all the athletes, right. I'm not just talking for Jeff, but for all the athletes that are for speaking about the sport and, and for the CrossFit games, it shouldn't matter who's the, you know, it shouldn't matter what the workouts are and, and things like that. Like Matt was winning, no matter what, like whoever wins next year, like you went through a test, you're going to be the fittest um, for that for that year. And you'll have to prove it year after year. So um, we'll see, but different isn't better or worse. Different is just different. Like you said. So we just have to kind of wait and see, but I think 
you know, as a community and we're a close knit community and we like to talk about, you know, everything that's happening, but yeah, we just have to let this season play out and, and see what happens and take it from there. Yeah. If this happened at Microsoft, nobody would be talking about it. You just keep moving on. Right. Well, and that's the thing, like we're, we're so close to it because, you know, CrossFit is ours. We are CrossFit. Um, but I mean, the CEO of Burger King has changed. Nobody knows, right? It's right. Just, well, if you worked at Burger King or if you were like, you would know and it would affect you. So I think it's just like, yes, it, it, we take it, you know, a little bit more seriously because we're embedded in it. But, you know, the rest of the world has no idea what's happening at, at CrossFit. And it's just like, so we'll see. So the last, last thing, you had a great off season. Podium finish at Rogue, fourth place at Dubai. You got to, you got a focus training three months in Florida. You're back in Canada now. Do you think you're more prepared going into this season than you've been in years past? Uh, the approach to the season is different. Um, and I think that's what we're pretty good at doing is like adapting training to the goals that we want. And what we've done for Rogue, we're going to try. We've, we never did before and it worked really well. So we're just going to try and do that again for the games. Uh, we're going to try and apply the same things that we did before Rogue and be a lot better prepared for the games. Um, Dubai was, I, I think Dubai, I, I did the best I could like with a month turnaround between Rogue and, and Dubai. And like, I'm, I'm at peace with that result. Like it's not the result I wanted, but I'm at peace with it. And I think it, it doesn't, it's not going to, affect my mental state for the games um but we are getting ready for the games and every step of the way is just something in the way of getting to the game so you won't you probably won't see me winning the open and that's completely fine because that's not what we're aiming for we're too early in the season to be like 100 top shape like race ready um, but I will, I will be focusing on preparation a lot more. That's an interesting question. And so the open, right after being through the season one time, do you think the big names are not going to be at the top of the leaderboard in the open and just okay. try to get through? No, probably like the best are also the best. Like Pat's going to be in shade. Pat's going to be, yeah, in shade. everybody's going to be somewhere there in the top 40, like, maybe slip out of the top 50, but it doesn't like we, for me as a competitor, I have to change my mindset of like, if, if you're at the top of the open, then you're, you're most likely going to no, you're not going to win the games. Like I've won the open and I definitely did not mm -hmm. win the games. Like it's not, the open is just a stepping, it's stone. a stepping stone to whatever's next. And it's what's next that really counts. Uh, but important thing is to qualify for every next step. So you can't just like, oh, I'll just sandbag this workout. No, I'll, like I'll crush myself to give the best performance I can, but I'm not well prepared for what's coming now. I'm going to be well prepared for what's coming next. Love it. Well, I want to thank you too for jumping on with me. I know it's been a busy week reopening and thank you for squeezing me in. Um, good luck on the season. Uh, we'll be Thank rooting you. for you the whole way through and hopefully we'll see you along the way. For sure. Excellent. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube, 
as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.